listening to 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, if you enjoy the 9to5 entertainment system and uh, want to support us financially, you can do so if you head to patreon.com slash 9to5cc. We have two different tiers for you. One is buck uh, fifty Canadian a month uh, just to show your support and the other is $4 Canadian a month which access, gives you access to the 9ES mailbag and uh, access to two episodes of the 9ES companion show Garbage Time each and every month. On this month, this week's Garbage Time, we talk about WandaVision, Batman, Sam Mystery Theater comic, and the Snowpiercer TV show. But if you don't want to support us, there's still the regular episode where we talk about all sorts of things like the fallout from the GameStop GME Wall Street bet situation, the COVID-19 vaccine, Super Bowl 55, and we get around to ranking I'm Thinking of Ending Things from Charlie Kaufman and 1963's Jason and the Argonauts. All this and more on 90s. Sit back, enjoy the show. We love you. So we were kind of ahead. You goddamn right, I was ahead of the game. I was fucking. I was there <laughs> on the Friday watching this story. We talked about it on the Monday, and shit exploded on the Wednesday. Uh-huh. Did you get tendies? I did not get tendies. I no. stayed. I stayed out. I could have gotten in if I got in hard on the Friday. I was. Th- I was there to make like five or six times investment, mm-hmm. but I did not get in hard because you know. It's fucking, it was GameStop, and it was already at 60. Like, who would have yeah. predicted that it would have sat at 300 for two weeks? Yeah, well, no, two weeks, two days, really. No, 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 it was there it was for, the, the, for seven days. Maybe not two weeks, seven days. 400, yeah. it, didn't, it didn't last that long. Was yeah, exactly. 300 yeah. was there for a while. That's right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, well, that, that's, I mean, so do we want to give the, the, the brief rundown of, of what is currently happening, what happened with that? No, nope. like, what what the denouement of the story was? Well, sure, I mean, well, if if we believe that the, this is the denouement, which it is most still, certainly is the denouement, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which, like I said, it d- d- depends on how on how uh, on how diamond your hands are. As All to right, so or not this Reddit, is or not. Reddit user Deep Fucking Value, and mm-hmm. also known on YouTube as um, Pouncing Kitty, something like that. He has he has a very popular YouTube channel, and in fact, when when this stock first spiked, he did an eight hour. Uh, live stream of him analyzing stocks and getting fucking wasted on champagne. It was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he predicted about a year and a half ahead of everybody that GameStop stocks would go up dramatically. And he put in $50,000 or so when the stocks were at about 50 cents and um, turned it into at one point $35 million. Um, he, the, the part that he did not predict was that um, – well, well, he knew that the, the stock was shorted ahead of time. If mm-hmm. we want, do we want to cover a little bit what a short is? Well, I think we dealt with that last week. Yeah. So you just he, – he bet – like a lot of people bet that GameStop was going to stay down, and mm-hmm. they had to pay big bucks if GameStop went up. Right. The people betting that it was going to go down were sleazy hedge funds who have been shorting companies for a long time. There's mm-hmm. a wide – range of market manipulation that can be done. Shorting is like one of the market manipulation tactics. And they can destroy companies that might not otherwise be destroyed by reducing the value of their stock and making shareholders flee and yeah. be pissed off. It, effectively, I think the, the 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 biggest and weirdest like short stock or whatever ever was literally the trigger of the 2008 financial crisis, right? Where Goldman Sachs was betting against the housing equities that they had 
created, but then they, they had shorted it's, their own stocks. It's like, actually like, not, not quite a story. It, it, in 2008, the short guys were the good guys of the story because yeah. the people who, and that, if you watch the big short, you'll get it. It's from the perspective of the shorters because what happened was they were pumping money and money and money into the market. The value of everything was inflating and the, there was no value to this market. It was, like they were yeah. selling mortgages to people who didn't deserve to have them and they couldn't pay their mortgages. And so the whole thing fell down like a house of cards. Yeah. And the short guys yeah, it was even crazier than that, right? Because yeah. it was they were selling mortgages and then they were selling equities based on those mortgages. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like it was like you your RRSP or whatever was invested in a stock that was essentially other people's mortgages, and those people could not pay those mortgages. So they were right. like double dipping on the fact that nobody had money. Yeah. Like, anyway, yeah. so in this case, the shorters um, were were destroying GameStop. Now, there's a good argument that GameStop was a bad stock to begin with and that it sh it should have not been this the, gone as as, as, as again we discussed last week it's a brick right. and mortar shop that made most of its profit reselling physical copies of video games exactly like, the whole thing is just bad anyway so it kind of became a meme to put your money into this thing and to screw over the shorters and that may or may not have happened and the world will probably never know there was there the stock. What happened after after last week was that the stock went up to about three hundred dollars. It peaked at about four, maybe four fifty for like a nanosecond, yeah. but it floated around three hundred dollars for a week uh, and a bit. It got into way into the news. Everybody was talking about this twenty four seven. The um, uh, a lot of people made a shitload of money. Everybody who got in at sixty bucks who believed deep fucking value quintupled their money or even more. You know. If they sold at the top. <laughs> now, that's the thing that part of the meme became diamond hands. Hold on to that stock no matter what happens, which, you know, Wall Street Bets was always about lost porn, not so much about making money. <laughs> and it was and uh, anybody who held at and bought in at 300 and and while it went back down now, I think it's at 50 bucks or so. I, didn't, I actually didn't look at it today. Um, uh, they lost their shirts. Yeah, it was between 60 and 70 today. Yeah, and I think this is probably it's probably not going to go back up. Like, there's a lot of of small time investors who got in at 300, and oh boy, did they did, does that hurt to see them all go down? You know, what I found what I found yeah. was really fascinating was the weird reaction to this memifying of of stock trading, and like the, the whole thing with with Robinhood being. Uh, a gateway to so many of these people mm -hmm. and that, that gate being slammed shut at certain points of it. Yeah. Like if you had these stocks, if you were holding on to them and then you saw Robinhood stopped people from being permitted to buy more, which is gonna, obviously going to drive the price down. How do you not immediately recognize the market is being manipulated against you in a way so far above your capacity to predict and to deal with and to negotiate that you wouldn't just get the fuck out? Yeah, like just, just, but oh, also, yeah. like, how is that just, just floated by? Everyone was like, yeah, that's a good idea to save all of this money. We'll, well just the, stop people from doing, being able to do anything except for sell it. It's so, not, it's not saving the money, right? It's protecting the game. <laughs> like, that's the, there was, it was, there's a really, really great interview that uh, Trevor Noah had on with a guy where he was just sort of like, he's like, the only thing this, that, that makes this matter is, putting into the headlines 
the sheer level of gamesmanship that is going yeah. on with market manipulation. He's like, everybody says it. Like, I play the stock markets and like, I got a good stock tip and made a bet on the stocks. They're like, everyone understands it's a game, but he's like, people tend to still believe that if there's a real world value, that if a stock is worth X, it means there are like X amount of value to a company. And he's like, that's the, the general understanding. And he's like, the quicker the greater population understands that that is not true. And the gamesmanship of the manipulation of the stock at the hands of these hedge funds is ridiculous. And none of these stocks have any real value. He's like, that's the only like real headline here is not GameStop. It's the level of gamesmanship is insane. Cause he's like, again, retail, yeah, so... re- retail uh, stock, like retail, re- retail investors. Like, so you and I yeah. make up 5% of all shares traded on the New York stock exchange. He's like, that's just, it's not going to change anything. Well, like, no in, in the case of GameStop, I think that not, that wasn't 5%. I think it, it changed over the course of this whole thing to be significantly oh, larger. It might not have been... This one stock, right? Yeah. Like, but it's not like changing the game. Maybe yeah, they... no, 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 no. Yeah. And, and on top of that, the total market value of GameStop at its peak was never more than a couple of billion dollars, you know? Yeah. So it's not like it was going to have any major effect on the star, stock market. But back, back to the point of manipulation. So the initial fund that did the majority of the betting against this thing was this Melvin Capital Group that got bailed out for $2.5 billion on the Monday after after the whole thing started. And then I think they got bailed out again. And when they get bailed out, they're essentially bankrupt. They can't pay for the things that they have to. Somebody else has to come in and save them. So who saved them was this really big fucker, um, Citadel? Citadel. Yeah, Citadel. Citadel and, with, their, with with their Citadel's current trading portfolio is valued at three hundred and twenty eight billion dollars. Right, and Citadel also is a majority investor in Robinhood, mm-hmm. so they were protecting their investment by preventing Robinhood from selling shares. You know, from the, buying shares. From buying shares, excuse me. Yeah, everybody could sell. Yeah, exactly. Because selling selling <laughs> would lower the price, which which I guaranteed a bunch of people sold. Right. Oh, when they, course, like course. when they saw it. So selling is going to lower the price and they, yeah. they locked buying, which is the thing yeah. that was inflating the price. So they were just like, game's over, kitties. Adult there, swim, kid, kid swim is over. Adult swim time is back. What's on. great was there was wild bot swarms all over Reddit, opening new subreddits to try and distract people. Twitter got covered in uh, deep, deep fucking value fakes, Wall Street bet fakes. All these people trying to distract and, and pimp other uh, other shares. It was a wild uh, wild two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess at the end of the day, what was the, what was the quote that your your arms are too short to box with God? <laughs> like, like it, it's just like I'm I'm glad I, I really like the only the the where my heart bleeds I suppose is the the guy that bought at 300 imagining tendies on the moon <laughs> like you know like i'm like eh, you know i'm like even even what's his name like deep fucking value invested at like six dollars or whatever the hell oh, no was. no no he was in it like 50 cents yeah exactly right. so like and even now leveling off at 60 like he's okay like yes he lost theoretical millions but like he didn't he actually he sold money. 13 million worth kind of in the middle of the whole thing yeah. So he, he got out okay. Now, the, right. now he is apparently in hiding because mm-hmm. his own brother doxed him. He didn't want anybody to fucking know who he was. His brother was like, oh, yeah, it's my brother who did this whole thing, like got the media into him. And messing with the big boys could could be very bad for his health. He's just a dude in Boston who has a family and a kid. And mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, 
I wonder. Like, I'm just like, I'm like all these, oh. like, whenever you hear about like tech companies and stuff, sniffing out like black hat hackers and stuff, and then they very quickly become white hat hackers working for the big guys. Like, perhaps that is in the future of deep fucking value. Yeah, but forget, forget that. Be worried about the guy who got all talked up on Reddit and mortgaged his house and sold his car. Yeah, that, that's except that that's where my heart actually bleeds. For no, that. no, no, no. And now he's mad at deep fucking value. <laughs> that's that's the guy who's going to go off the chain and show up at his house and like shit on his lawn and yell at his kids and stuff. Yeah, I mean, which which is I think another problem in of itself is like, it, look at the memes and stuff that are going around on Wall Street bets. Like, yes, there are some accuracy on like sometimes and they there are some people that know what's going on but like they they say they want tendies and they call each other retards and then you're just sort of like yes i mortgaged my i remortgaged my house yeah, you, you mix Based that on some rocket emojis you mix that in with a little stew of it being on you know cnbc oh yeah the, you know the freaking wall street journal elon musk mm-hmm. tweeting to the moon right mm-hmm. you start yeah. you start thinking this is a sure thing I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it, and now you know the person who started it all. Yeah, I, I would hide too. I don't in, know. I mean, in the interviews with him, he did not predict at all that it was gonna go like this. To him, it was like the shares are selling for fucking fifty cents, and they still have fifty five hundred stores and a ton of stock. Like just, just based on that principle alone, the bet was that it was gonna go up to twenty or thirty bucks, and he still would have made you know a fucking killing on it like yeah. that. Yeah. Right, because this is also something similar happened to not not from the shorting, right, but from the artificial inflation of Tesla, right? Like the Tesla stock was not shorted, but then was. Oh no, no, it was shorted. It was shorted by Melvin, and that's why Musk got involved. He fucking hates these short guys because they did yeah. cripple his stock for a good long time. Yeah, but yeah. I said, but 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 then it did go off to the moon in large part because of Robinhood, mm-hmm. right? Because it was a meme stock, and everybody loved Elon Musk and all that stuff. Where it was like it. Should have rebounded when Tesla actually did stuff, but then it rebounded to the moon because of retail investors just on Robinhood that suddenly had the point of entry and they inflated the stock. Like and crazy. our Lord and Savior Musk is going to take those dollars to Mars, not to fucking the moon, because he's a big boy. Silly, silly people. Of course he's going to Mars. His car, he already sent his car there or whatever the fuck. Into space. Into space. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I uh, I don't know. I mean, I I think that again the the takeaway for me is I guess you can't like win. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or well, like you can. Lots of people did. There were billboards in Montreal from people who who made bank on. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. The billboards were hilarious. All the people yeah. using their their, uh, their their investment money for just memes. Yeah. <laughs> just making memes and real world stuff. Yeah, for sure. Some people made a ton of cash, but it was just like the <clears throat> the rhetoric that they were like, "We're just sticking it to the man." I'm like, "Man, you like you pro- you maybe like really ruined the day of like three guys named Chet." You know, <laughs> like everyone else was just being like, "Man, did you see what happened to Chet?" <laughs> Like that's the rest of Wall Street. Yeah. Like. Uh, anyway, so that that's update on that. I and I and I mean I guess it also, as we said, isn't necessarily over in the sense like the GameStop thing is yeah probably we're in the denouement. But like how this plans out in terms of like people who play Robinhood and stuff. I really enjoyed the um, what's his name, not Andrew Cuomo, the other Cuomo, the newsman Cuomo. Uh, Rivers. No. <laughs> <clears throat> Anyway, the the guy on CNN, uh, his interview with the Robin Hood guy, Anderson Cooper. 
No. No, the Governor Cuomo's brother. Governor Cuomo's younger brother okay. is a newsman on CNN. Uh, his interview with Robin Hood guy is like the best because it's just like Robin Hood guy is just like clearly this like skinny billionaire nerd mm-hmm. who is just sort of trying to like recite the company, like the company line that he has clearly been like essentially told being like, oh, there's like there's plenty of financial factors that that like we we have to do it and, and we're accountable. And he's like accountable to the FCC because they didn't tell you to do anything. Mm-hmm. So what financial factors are you talking about? Like none of this is legislated. You made that decision. Well, we owe. Fi- Who do you owe? Who do you owe in this scenario? Like, and the, is, is it not your clients, the people using your service? Pretty much, which is like, which is basically the line of questioning that he's like, he's like drilling in, and he's like, we're we're trying to protect, and he's like, who are you trying to protect? Because he's like, your entire platform is made for little guys to invest, and then you told the little guys you can invest. Who are you protecting? Like, it's just yeah. like just drilling the guy and watching the guy just like fluster and spin Swarm around like it, and hang himself. Yeah. It's 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 hilarious because a the guy looks like a character named Greg from Succession, <laughs> and in the in season two of Succession they like they throw Greg up into questioning in front of the Congress just because literally they're like we have to give them someone to just grill and like light on fire and this this guy is cl- it's clearly that where you're like someone has to go on CNN and get lit up like yeah. because if we don't we're not making a statement right so he's like this guy you're gonna go you're the sacrificial lamb of the day because at the end of the day robin hood is like a drop in the pan for citadel and this guy needs to go on television and eat shit and and to wrap up the interview like Cuomo's just like he's just saying he's like well he's like everybody he's like from now on everybody will doubt every penny they put into your system because you've done this mm-hmm. Like and he's like and if they don't they should be well to do so. I, I do believe the number was fifty percent of Robinhood users had some sort of stake in GameStop. Hmm. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, and then they basically screwed over fifty percent of their users at That's that right. point right? Yeah. by by limiting the limiting the stock trade. Fascinating stuff. Mm-hmm. Remember, the game the game is rigged. The points don't matter. Everything's made up. <laughs> Correct. It's as though they didn't learn that in 2008. Yeah. <laughs> it's just swinging the opposite way. Uh, what else is going on, team? Ooh, I got my vaccine shot. Ooh. Good for you. Yeah. Shot one. Friday afternoon, I got my first shot. Yeah, shot one. Um, Next one's Pfizer. due in about a month, the Pfizer one, yeah. You're actually going to get it? You're not? I don't know. Has Quebec, has Quebec walked back that weird, like, it's going to be 90 days or whenever or something else? They- no, that's that's what everyone's saying. It's going to be that. Um, the range of effectiveness on just the first shot is somewhere between 60 and 95%. <laughs> and that bottom end really gets cut out by getting the second shot. Yeah. When the chip activated, did you hear a voice in your head? Or did you just start feeling pain when you started doing bad things? Can you, voice can was you it? say that louder? I want my new overlords to really get a good... Was it, was, it, was it Gates's voice or was it uh, was it Elon Musk's voice? Or was it Musk's? Twist. No, guys, good Twist. God, this is Quebec. All right, the voice had to be in French. Oh, okay. so you're yes. voting? You're voting to separate now. <laughs> it, was the, it was the voice of the ghost of Rocket Richard. <laughs> Just oh no, holy shit! We're so Every stupid. time I lie down, it's the voice of Grimes. It's the voice of Grimes, native mm-hmm. Montreal or Grimes. <laughs> Doing the French translation of Elon's chip. Duh. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Fun fact, the nurse decided to jab me right through my tattoo. That does how, does that hurt more? No, but it was like a weird thing. Once I looked down at the band-aid, I was like, huh. Went, went right through the ink there, right? Eh? 
It's not going to give you like the weird uh, whatever the shot that old ladies have when they came over on the Queen Elizabeth boat. You know, they're the big shot. The Yeah, no, it's not going to do that. It's not a seven needle booster. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Polio smallpox vaccine. Yeah. They all got little scars from that, right? Yeah. Well, big, pretty big. Like my, my, my mom's was like, like literally the, the size of a quarter and it was just like a big brown thing. And apparently a lot of people just ended up with this big brown plonk. because they, they were... shot like nine needles into you at once. Yeah. And you're a teeny tiny little kid. Like in some <laughs> cases, there's, there's still people living in iron lungs. Eh? Polio is fucking not, not to be fucked with. <laughs> Polio will fuck you up like swords. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. That must feel nice though, Scott, like a little, little breathing, breathing easier. Yeah. Or... It's, got, it's got, it takes 14 days before your body produces enough antibodies to resist the virus. Mm-hmm. And I am stoked. It is exciting news. I'm I'm happy to get the shot. And... Do they give it to your family too or no? Nope. Uh... Now, are you incapable of carrying it or are you uh, like just resistant to it? Resistant to it, man. I can still get it on my hands and put it in someone else's eyes. Right. But, but, but I, like, when I feed my, can you when infect I feed my, people? Yeah. yeah. When I when I feed the, the the people on the bus French fries, I, I can I can. No, 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 no. Not not like a physical transmission. I mean, like, can you can you have like get get it and then Listen, spread it, John, but not have any symptoms? What John is asking no. you is if you guys start making out in two weeks, is John at risk? He's not. My body will have produced the antibodies that will make my body inhospitable okay. to the virus. I'm, I'm not just trolling with this question. There was there was like some debate over whether people would get the get the, the the vaccine and then they could still spread it and they could still get it. They would just not have symptoms and it wouldn't be enough to make them feel sick. I think I think the Moderna RNA virus worked a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. The Pfizer one works a lot like the the flu virus. Okay, you're just. They're giving you dead cells and your body will ramp up the antibodies from these dead cells to, to fight it. Just like, just like the flu shot. So you're not, you're not okay. really building a resistance to it so much as your body is killing it. If it tries to get into you. Yes. Yeah. Neato. I'm happy for you, Scott. I'm sure that is a huge weight off of you. Yeah, and seriously. Emotionally. Yeah, man, I'm still going into the hospital every single day. Like, <laughs> That sucks. <laughs> You're riding public transportation and to and from the hospital. Or are you still walking? I'm, I'm walking. I'm walking home every day. Um, but in the morning in February, it's pitch black when I walk out the door. That is not fun to walk to. So I am taking the bus. But there's only like four people on the bus when I take it that early. Mm-hmm. But I, I am walking home every day. Which uh, last last week's snowfall was super not fun. I'll bet. Yeah. I'm really happy to report that the nine to five center entertainment system is 33% vaccinated. <laughs> Pretty well, solid numbers vaccinated, So, oh shit, so, <laughs> 17%. <laughs> We're working on it. <laughs> We're getting there. It's better than a lot of companies, and slash, I guess Florida. <laughs> God damn! Did you see the freaking Super Bowl parade? Uh, I'll, I'll, okay. Celebrations. <laughs> so stupid. How so, did okay, Tampa okay, do it so, twice? <laughs> We should talk. Yeah, exactly. Stupid Tampa Bay. Why does Tampa Bay won two different? At least their baseball team lost. But can you imagine? <laughs> Tampa Bay has now won two professional sporting trophies in the last like less than six months apart, and have celebrated like insane people each time. Stupid, stupid Tampa Bay. Uh, I was reading some of the reports on the Athletic where they were like, yeah, they were like, how just what they were trying to enforce even on like the Saturday night 
was just like, yeah, during the middle of the day, the cops were like, yep, masks on, space apart, but you're like, everything's open. So all like the bars and shit are open. So they're like, as that party ramps up, the cops are just like, well, you know what's going to make what things What could they work? do? Exactly. Arrest everybody. Like that's just stirring up a riot when you try and arrest a bunch of drunk football fans mm-hmm. partying everywhere. They're like, they don't have, even have the capacity to suddenly put thousands of people into jail and whatever. So the cops just kind of, you know, like step back and let shit go on Saturday night. I can only imagine what they did on Sunday night after it's the first time in history yeah. that the Super Bowl is one in the city that won it. Right. Cause you typically like you bid on the Super Bowl like you bid on the Olympics. Right. So it's never actually hosted. Is it ever hosted in the team that can make it? Has that ever happened before? Yeah. Okay. But it's, they've never won, right? Right. Yeah. So it's like it's it's pretty rare that a team playing the Super Bowl will be hosting the so, Super Bowl. So what happened here? All of the other cities didn't want anything to do with this giant party, and only Florida was like, yeah, bring it here. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's why WrestleMania wow. is happening at Tampa also. It's so fucking dirty. Yep, because the other a lot of other arenas are like, no, thank you. And Tampa Bay is like, there are no laws prohibiting this. So they Florida. did Florida. Exactly. Florida. They, and they and are- it's it's so skeezy of the NFL. They're like, we're following all local guidelines and recommendations. And you're like, fuck you. This is Florida. There are no guidelines or recommendations. They're saying anything goes. Like Which you guys is- are complicit. It's so it's so skeezy. It's so skeezy since there's also like there are people who don't do that, right? Like it's really funny. I watch AEW almost every week. And AEW makes a point of saying we're following local and CDC guidelines. So if you watch their crowds, depending on what the CDC is saying, sometimes they have like 10 people smattered around, sometimes they have nobody. And it like it varies kind of like depending on when you're watching. Like last week, nobody was there because the numbers were up or whatever. So it's like local guidelines, and they, they, they talked about it in some interviews, local guidelines, they're like, we're in Jacksonville, Florida. We could have almost as many people in here as we wanted, like legally speaking. They're like, we just don't because the CDC says that's not safe. So as an organization, we're like, no, thank you. We don't like, for whatever reasons, be it like actually trying to keep people safe or just like we don't want to have the negative press of like AEW super spreader event when we're mm-hmm. a small wrestling company. Whoever, whatever the decision making is, just because you can put a bunch of people into a building doesn't mean you should. I and wonder they, what the numbers are going to have. Super Bowl, super spreader event. Like if if it's actually going to be measurable, they're gonna they're gonna write. You know, some people died because of this event. We had this exact same problem when the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup. Florida does not actively do contact tracing. We'll never know. Like, so even if there's a bump, they're not going to be able to say it was the Super Bowl. Well, okay, but there's there's like a trajectory before the event and a trajectory after the event. You could calculate a little difference between the two. Numbers it won't be so as clear. Florida. <laughs> like, the numbers are so bad, and there's there's still, like, fucking people who would, would catch COVID and won't go get tested because that'll tag them forever with a pre-existing condition. Right. Oh, that's true. It's that's a that's the nightmare scenario for me. There's so many people who are out of work, have lost their employer provided health insurance that, you know, get all the symptoms and sit there and go, man, if I go get tested, I will never get insurance back again or my insurance will be five times what it was because they're going to treat me like I've developed diabetes in this year. Mm hmm. America. Yeah, there's there's there. Yeah, well, they were saying that up to like potentially the United States have a full, like double the amount of positive cases that they actually do because of that. 
they were saying like, like it just if people who have light symptoms, people who don't want to go to ruin their insurance, people that do whatever, they're like could account for a full like other half of the confirmed cases because of just people not going due to the like the nature of healthcare in the states. I was like, holy crap. Anyway, filthy. The Super Bowl happened. Yeah. So, is did anything remarkable happen? Is it worthy of discussion? Yeah, a really old man won the Super Bowl. A really old man won the seventh won the Super Bowl seventh time as a player, which is now puts him in second, tied for second place of all time rings, and puts him in first place as a player by like two. Yeah, and right? he's so a well like, known player, right? He's Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. Tom, make America great again, Brady. <laughs> <laughs> he took a lot um, of the city of Boston on fire last night, Brady. Okay. Yeah, Tom Brady, who uh, took took some flack in the 2016 election for having a MAGA hat spotted in his uh, in his dressing room, has uh-huh. spent the last like four or five years kind of like dancing around the subject and and saying like oh, I keep politics separated from the game and no comment and whatever else and who knows which I mean to at least his slight credit. Like he could have gone full what's his name from the UFC and just like used every time a microphone was in his mouth like an excuse to like blast Trump rhetoric and he didn't. So maybe he's just one of those rich guys who enjoys all the tax cuts, you know? So like that, that, that is make America great again. He doesn't necessarily have to like buy the Kool-Aid to have a reason that he likes Trump as president because Trump doesn't, you know, tax him mm-hmm. or whatever else. Who knows what his reason is, but still, yeah. He went down to Tampa Bay with his best friend Gronkowski and then they won Tampa Bay, a big old Super Bowl. Uh, with, I mean, I guess the story is they decided to call all of the holding on the Chiefs. Is that right, Scott? Yeah, it's NFL football. Whatever. Yeah. Sure, the refs were a little bit soft on the Bucks, but who cares? <laughs> who cares like, indeed? Who cares? American football. Is, is, it yeah. an N, is it an NBA referee betting on, on the games scandal? No, it's freaking Montreal or Boston getting away with anything and Montreal getting called for everything kind of. Yeah. Which I just think is just, it's under such a spotlight, right? Where like that can turn a game, but you're like, this is one game winner takes all 300 million people watching. And then you're just sort of like, well, we're going to go call the game really in favor of one team. And then they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. But was it really in favor of one team? A little bit. Sure. But. Well, yeah, the the, the sports from from football fans, I think. Ask, that, ask any figure skater that's finished in third place how they feel about judging and. Okay, okay, come on. But, figure but, skating is is like totally fucking made up, whereas this is only sort of made up. The the, the <laughs> argument that I heard against the officiating at the Super Bowl that made at least the most sense to me as a filthy casual who has barely watched any Super Bowls and barely watches any football is that the Bucks would have won that game no matter how it was called, based on how they were playing. However, the referees are guilty of making the game boring for the 300 million people watching on account of how many calls they were calling. Like, stuff that they were slack on in the, like, finals, the in the, like, league finals and whatever else, while they got up there. They were like, the Bucks would have won that game based on how they were shutting down Mahomes, like, passing opportunities and smothering him and all this and that. The Bucks probably would have won no matter what. But then they were like, the referees made sure that not only did that happen, it was also boring. <laughs> I was like, yeah. like, I would say I'm a middling fan of the NFL. I've watched it since I was a kid. I've, I've 
I've seen a good hundred football games start to finish. That's you know? not middling. Well, that's that's middling, man. That's, that doesn't put. But me I mean, in like a, if you follow a team for ten years, you'd only have seen like one hundred and sixty games, right? Like teams only play sixteen games a year. Yeah, yeah, but like I'm saying, in my lifetime, I've seen about a hundred NFL football games. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 rules in that game are very nitpicky, particular, and 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 vast. There's a lot of them. I read mm-hmm. a thing that said that there is no one book you can't just like get the rules because it's kind of up to the refs like there's it's crazy mm-hmm. complicated there's always open to interpretation you're never going to get a simple yeah there's like there's there's is. there's this is an infraction but then what the penalty for that infraction is can be like is to discretion and then and this and that based on what down it is and based on how many yards that it and you're like yeah. what is happening and, and like trying to detect motion before the snap or or like false starts it's really, really hard unless the guy really jumps off the line before the, the ball is snapped. Mm-hmm. Illegal receivers and, and, you know, it's it's not like just calling uh, cross-checking, you know? Like the, yeah, right. It's, it's really nitpicky officiating, so you just can't get too hung up on it unless, you know, you're the guy who's seen 150 games this season. Yeah. And I think that that was the that was the argument that I heard against it was that the they started calling so they were calling stuff on the Chiefs that were probably legitimate penalties but that had not been called as penalties for most of the season. And I'm like that's just screwy. You know what Remember, I mean? Like it's like hockey having a really good power play unit and then getting to the playoffs and being like can it can we can we play on the power play ever? No, you can't. No. There's no penalties. It's the playoffs. Let, yeah. them, play. Let them play. We're a small skill team. Too bad. Should have thought about that before you started the playoffs. <laughs> right? That's hockey like, logic. That's hockey. Like, the rules change sometimes based on the refereeing. Yep. Were there any commercials? Any of the Super Bowl commercials? I didn't even watch the game, man. Yeah. There was a, what do you call it? A Wayne's World one, which was weird. Was it an ad for Wayne's World? It was an ad for Uber Eats. Oh. Where they were like, we're a local cable access show, so you should support local food by supporting Uber, which is, you know, gouges local food. Thanks for that, Wayne's World. (laughs) (laughs) You know, normally I would agree with you, but I think they had an infrastructure that let a lot of restaurants that normally didn't do delivery do delivery. Oh, sure. But if you've gotten it, if you look into some of what they've, what they've done and they've done this in like a couple of cities is they, they start off when they introduce themselves in an area by charging like 5% service fees. And everybody's like, sure, this is so much cheaper than a delivering food ourselves uh, and so printing up menus, getting printing a menu, and all that stuff. Absolutely, they offered the infrastructure, and then everybody like jumped on board with it. Then they established the market share. People have like stopped even having their own delivery guys because why not Uber Eats? And then they start raising the uh, percentage after that. So then a lot of companies that thought that they were starting to pay five, apparently, uh, I heard Mont- it was as bad as thirty percent. Yeah, Montreal was at like yeah. twenty or twenty-five percent service charge, and then the mayor actually stepped in and was like, "You can't charge more than fifteen percent of this because like delivery services like." keeping it going and stuff. So I have like, I agree with the whole infrastructure service and whatever, like they're offering the platform, the app, the, all that crap. But then mm-hmm. the like, like they, that, those top menu guys charge you to put your menu in the thing. Yeah. And this is, you know, I get it. Maybe but, not similar, but, but like the same, if you don't have to pay for a car or a guy, 
Well, but they, the, 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 the big issue there, though, is that by when they when they come in with the low rates, they squeeze out uh, any other like app and delivery service that might be rolling around, and then they start raising the rates. And now, if you start a new restaurant, you have to be on Uber Eats, or people won't order from you because they've made themselves like the standard platform to order food. So there is like there's a shittiness there. Not to my wife, she's got like three of them, and she'll go on the same restaurant. Your wife is thrifty. Then see which one will, will give the cheaper option. Sure. Because I mean, menu that's not price how a lot of people different. order. A lot of people say we're going to order food. I'm going to pull up Uber Eats, and that's what is going to be because they established themselves as the standard. There's also there was like a lot of people were doing taxes because it's tax time. Everybody, reminder: your RSP contribution date limit is March first. <laughs> I have it in my phone. Um, I take it off of every paycheck, so I don't even don't even notice. Uh, I usually I have the regular contributions, but then uh, if I have like money kicking around in February, I sometimes dump a little bit more depending on how to avoid it paying too many taxes. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, but yeah, the thing about Uber Eats is there was like a guy who was like doing his, a Toronto Uber Eats driver who was like, I would get paid about, he's like on average doing all my taxes, $10 a trip was about my pay for January, 2020. And he's like to December, 2020, with the the new structure and all that stuff, he's like sometimes I was as low as four dollars a trip, averaging. So he's like, yeah, he's like they they shuffled around the money and whatever else that he's like, and a lot of restaurants don't seem super happy about it, and the drivers don't seem super happy about it. So who's making money at the end of the day? Uber, <laughs> which you know doesn't really surprise me because they they did it they did the same thing with taxis, right? Like they they came in at a reasonable model and then squeezed the drivers out until the drivers were like. Please help us have a living wage. Absolutely. Mm. Don't use them. Also, there was a terrible, like, one of, I think, the stupidest ads I've ever seen because, like, the ad that it was for, like, so the ad was, like, T-Mobile's 5G blazing hot spicy network or whatever the heck it is for T-Mobile. <laughs> and the setting is it's Gwen Stefani talking to uh, Adam Levine saying, being like, I'm ready to start dating again. And she's like, I want a guy who is, you know, like maybe from another country, definitely not someone who's like uncultured and whatever else. And then they were like, if you have a bad network, it might sound like this. And Adam Levine, just like, it's all choppy. And uh, he's like, he's only getting like, I want a guy who's a little bit country and uncultured. And then he's like, I know just the guy. And then he sets him up with Blake Sheldon, who's her current like boyfriend. So I'm like, the ad is a shitty <laughs> network is why Blake Sheldon and Gwen Stefani hooked up don't have a shitty network. <laughs> I really, you know I'm like, I really like that Gavin Rossdale is producing commercials now. <laughs> it's good. But it was just, I was like, the ad is for the better network, but then the shittier network is like what either found her, her love of her life, or I, like I Googled, I was like, are they still together? Cause this is funny if they broke up. <laughs> like, it's funny if Gavin Rossdale is the one directing the commercial. Yeah. Where Gwen is like, are you sure Gavin? He's like, don't worry about it. It's going to be great. <laughs> breathe in breathe out yeah yeah it was just, it was a very weird and dumb ad <laughs> i was like what stupidity Ooh. anyway uh what else is what else is happening i watched two movies we talked about already i'll give like a two a two line oh, right. we, didn't, we didn't we didn't rank one of them because i wanted to wait till someone else watched it which was the oh, uh, wonderful i'm thinking of ending things yeah yeah um i would say it was a wonderful movie it it just it took just a touch too long in its three major even it has four major phases you know and i think each of them could have taken 5 minutes off and it just would have felt a little crisper i would agree with that 
Um, I think, yeah, I wrote about this a little bit in the in the email threads. Right? Yeah, I was like, you did a whole big review on this last time. I don't know that we need to like revisit yeah, yeah. the whole time. We're talking about what's too long. The yeah. drive there is too long because you don't understand what you're watching yet. And yeah. there's like too many clues that you don't know what to grab. And then the drive. The dinner. The di- well, the dinner, the dinner bothers me the less because like there's a lot of like at that point, like the weirdness is ratcheted up. So there's a lot of lot for you to grab. Yeah. I found the other time where it landed too long was the drive to the school. Absolutely. Because now you know what's going on and you're like, okay, let's, 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 let's get to where we're going. Let's see what, how this, okay, let's see how this plays out. You know? yeah, exactly. Let's wrap this yeah. up. So now you know what's up. And then actually in the school, you're also like, we understand it. And now let's. Oh, we're doing an artsy fartsy ending. I see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to go really artsy into it yeah. with like multiple dance routines and then a, a scene from Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> like, All the same, like spectacular performance by, what was her name? Jesse something. They're both named Jesse. Yeah. Jesse Plemons. He did good, but his character was very like restrained and you know, like the degree to which he could restrain himself was only, only took the character so far, you know? Yeah, the, Jesse yeah. Buckley. Jesse Buckley. She was spectacular, though, because she had to play like 15 different characters. Including Jesse kind of. <laughs> In Did a sense. She? Yeah, in a sense, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because <clears throat> yeah, when she sees the, the scene on the wall. So, yeah. I mean, I guess, so we did, I talked about it in kind of vague ways. Scott, do you intend on watching this thing, or do you mind if there's... Mm, I don't, slow, artsy dramas, it's not going to be on my uh, playlist for a little while. Okay, okay. okay so, but hold on a second. This is this is by the guy who did Being John Malkovich and Adaptation and true. Adaptation, uh, Eternal I'm Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Like, he's a spectacular, spectacular director. Well, the thing, spectacular writer. writer. He's only, writer, he's only recently writer. made forays into direction. This yeah. is one of, I think, only second or third times. The, the thing with this film, though, you can't recommend it in the same breath that you do Being John Malkovich because where that, that movie leans into comedic absurdity this movie leans into depressing absurdity and it and it is so dark yeah <laughs> like two days after watching it i felt it running through my head being like oh maybe i'm thinking of ending things you know like it's just <laughs> it's so heavy it's oh man so... i just picked up some markers again i'm not, I'm not caring <laughs> no 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 yeah. have fun. It's, so i mean okay so so the, the, this is like a, a sp- the thing I want to talk about that I, like I said, I feel bad if I talk about it to spoil it for, for Scott. And then yeah. I talked about this last week was that, like I said, you're not watching the movie you thought you were watching. No. Right. Like, no. like at all, at all, at all, at all, which I thought was just, was brilliantly executed. And then the yeah. movie that you are watching, you feel just so bad for the guy. <laughs> like, yep. but because by all accounts, like he did everything at least like right by his family and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I think they, they could have given you, and I bet the book does it gives you just like a little bit more understanding of his life. Cause you get a sense of it. Like you feel like, you know, this guy, but you don't really have a lot. Well, a lot of him. what I think happened. <laughs> I, I, without necessarily getting again, too, too, too deep into it. Yeah. I really think that, I mean, obviously how Jesse Plemons and Jesse Buckley, uh, met. Yes, I, that, I, absolute, I, that happened. Yeah. That, that absolutely happened. Yeah. I think that, uh, and uh, subsequently, I think that her phone continually ringing is him calling her. Um, right? Because it's like, it's super, super unclear, right? Yeah. Like her phone yeah. is always ringing. And then when there's the scene in the school, and then basically what I think that happened to this guy's life was he probably dropped out of college to take care of his sick mom. 
Yeah. And then he subsequently, his dad got sick and then he got a job at the like, or throughout probably got a job in his little hometown, just being a janitor. Yeah. And it's kind of like, that you know, it. that, that, that whole thing you live in a, on a farm working as a janitor, taking care of your sick parents. And then when your parents are gone, you're like, what happened to my life? And you just go back to that one point where you met that girl that time yeah. as like your one chance that could have been like at the very least, like she was with him then. You know, like, but she wasn't. He looked. He was. Oh, he, oh no, no, no. I know, yeah. but I'm but in in the film, right? It's like he's like he's taking her, and the mom is sick and stuff. So he's like yeah. to reflect on everything. Even if his life had gone the same, if that moment had been different, at least he'd have like companionship. What right? a nightmare! Yeah. Exactly, and he didn't yeah. even get that. But that's no. like that's literally the only thing he's thinking about. <laughs> like, is this one night? Maybe my life would have been shitty, but I would have had someone to share it with. Yep. Like, oh my god, just just gut-wrenching and and then the 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 i guess the, the the moral of the story is nobody like grows up and wants to be a pig getting eaten alive by maggots <laughs> but guess what Ugh, it just just like just gut-wrenching in the banality of it the banality is a very very good word to put on it it's just yeah. it's such a like you you feel like this story has happened a hundred thousand times you know absolutely and, and there's, there's there's, there's nothing, nothing do. yeah exactly there's, there, there's nothing you can do about it there's no way to even know like like the, and the thing that like hits me hit hit me the hardest about it is again like i mean of course like the janitor is a bit of an easy mark <laughs> right but like it's that when you see just like a dude in his 40s or 50s just kind of like sitting there looking a little glum and you're like man maybe like you don't want us to think the worst but you're like everything could have gone wrong for this guy and now here he is yeah you know and you're like cool and that's what that that that's what that's about it makes every person you see in public maybe sad maybe they're happy but you know it's just like that's what i loved about it was the fact that there was like there was no great tragedy of his life but it still ended up being like soul crushingly depressing (laughs) like yeah it you know, you're you're not getting the whole life. You're getting the the weight at the end of it. You know, yeah, it's exactly. all like it's all built up and and in its worst darkest moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, I really, really, really liked it. Uh, yeah. We want to rank it. We haven't ranked the movie in a yeah, while. Though. I agree. This is high. I feel like like I don't know top. I top thirty. I'm like I'm looking down to thirty. And I'm seeing stuff like Thor Ragnarok and Resolution and Spider-Man and Don't Breathe. And I was like, I can easily see it above that. Like, again, because it, it just sticks with you in a hard way. Hereditary is actually a very good, I feel, zone. Because for, for different reasons, you're just like, whoa, at the end yeah. of it. <laughs> you know, like, like I said, there's definitely different. They're, they're very different films. But I'm just thinking of like the stick with itness is very, very comparable. Yeah, and then if you scooch up would, a little more, you end up at get get out. At I wouldn't 20. put it above the thing. Yeah, get out is also kind of in the right. I, area. I could give or take get out, but I wouldn't put it above the thing. And um, I could I could see below get out and above hook. Oh, that's that's a Keith call there. Yeah, mm. hook is that high up because of Keith. Yeah, yeah. Hey, well, I haven't seen that in many it. years. It might not deserve to be there. I rewatched it when we when we ranked it. Yeah, yeah. Hook Hook is very good. 
Uh, I would say. Remember the SNES game? That was a great fucking adaptation. Great? You could fly. Oh man, see that just makes me think how sad I am because I had this great emulator website that ran on Flash. Oh, oh no. It was thorough, and it is gone. I would, hmm. I would put it below hook and above the shape of water. All right. I mean, That's my, my call, uh, just because it's the, and the only reason I would put it, I would probably bump it into uh, up higher if it didn't have those, like, basically, like, about 15 to 20 minutes of pacing problems. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. if those were if that was those were not part of it, this movie would be, I think, even even higher. But it does have those issues. Just yeah. just as a counterpoint, that puts it three spots above being John Malkovich. It's better than being John Malkovich. Kaufman. I yeah. actually I probably liked being John Malkovich more, but I think this is a better film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, because you didn't like Sarah. Sarah was like, I did not enjoy watching that. I'm like, you're really not supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah. like. It's it's the way the way it generates sympathy for ultimately a bland character, you know, like it but is. But it's so true, you know. Yeah, it exactly. feels so true and real, and you get it, you know, in a way that other movies have to do, have to glitz you up. They want to they want to shine your shoes. In this case, you, you just you get it. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Where you're just sort of like, oh, you need to like, like, like if be if. <laughs> This is the worst ever. If uh, if I'm thinking of ending things, like was actually the you know um, the opening, like the prologue film to John Wick, <laughs> you know, where you're just sort of like, yeah, in John Wick, you had to like you killed his wife with cancer, you killed his dog in front of him, and you're like, now I understand why this character is like pissed off, you know. There's not there's no like big like moments as to why this character is in the mental state that he's in. It's just a lifetime of blandness, but he, you know, he obviously, I do not understand the connection to John wick, but I don't know that I have to. So well, I'm, the, the other one, kill yourself or you're angry enough to kill 1000 mob men, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's maybe, introvert versus extrovert. It's my thinking. Maybe, maybe it's just the prequel to game night, like mm. same actor that explains <laughs> a lot about him. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, the other one that I watched was um, Jason and the Argonauts. And you're fucking right, Scott. It's like it ends and you're like, that's not the end of the movie. There's another another 45 minutes to go. What the fuck just happened? I think they ran out of money. Right? But they must have. It's so weird. It's so surreal that it ends where it does. And I think also there was some of the action, like the the set pieces, went on for like way too fucking long. That you knew they ran out of money and they had to go back to like extra footage and try and drag them out. Like the scene where the Poseidon guy is in the water and it's mm-hmm. all in slow mo and the rocks are falling. That went on for like fucking five minutes too long. And then <laughs> the harpies that are attacking in the cage, <laughs> just cutting to the same shot over and over. Yep. This was really fun though, Keith. It was like it's kind of dumb. It's Jason and the Argonauts from 1963, and it's on it's on Netflix, and it's like goofy as shit. But but everybody's having fun, you know? Oh yeah, Hercules is just like fuck it, I'm out (laughs) halfway through the movie. (laughs) And it has a runtime of an hour forty, though, all the same. Yeah, flies by. It flies by, and and some some of the like the, the the like. 
they do good with their low ability to make very good special effects. You know, something like they knew where to lean into to what they had and they knew where to cut away from it. And so like scenes like when the two guys, um, Hercules and, and what's his face, they're exploring the island of the um, uh, what's his name. And they come on the huge brass statues. They're that all there. And they looked amazing. Yeah, it looks so good for for a 1963 split screen uh, fucking effect. Um, and the sound of the brass statue was also Great. really good. Spectacular. Yeah. Spectacular. There's some amazing uh, like, like little bits of trivia about this. So yeah. in 1992, uh, Ray Harryhausen uh, got the, the Lifetime Achievement Award at the Academy Awards. Yep. He's really the star of the movie, his and, special and, effects. And Tom, Tom Hanks said, some people say Casablanca or Citizen, Citizen Kane. I say Jason and the Argonauts is the greatest film ever made. Yeah, Tom Hanks. Tom yeah. Hanks, the professional actor, always saying the best thing possible about whoever's on stage at that yeah, moment. I mean, that's a scripted line, but that's still like it. If from what you guys are like from a 1963 like stop motion special effects treat, like I've like I've thought about that a lot in terms of like Academy Awards just rewarding a certain type of cinema. Uh-huh. You know, like like the, obviously like the skill level between behind Jason and the Argonauts and Casablanca and Citizen Kane, like. It's not you're not comparing the same thing if you're talking about like a stop motion like feast for the eyes with using only 1963 tech yeah. is absolutely mind blowing like when it's accomplished but it's at the end of the day you didn't make Casablanca you made <laughs> you like stop motion sword and sandals pick right and like yeah. there was a lot of stuff like uh, there were like Academy Award um, like Academy Award categories that like don't exist and then you're like wait what like best stuntman you're like yeah, well, they, they don't, don't get nothing. Yeah. They don't, get, <laughs> they don't like, get nothing. Yeah, you're like that. That's pretty nuts. Like you give like one kind of blanket award to special effects, which usually sort of like includes stunts. But you're like, that stuntman's kind of nuts. Like the thing that he did, and you're like, no Academy Award. The other one that was super weird, especially considering it essentially exists in sports, is that the casting director doesn't get an award. And mm. I'm like, that's the general manager on the sports team, right? Like the guy who puts the pieces, all the actors that get the awards. And had such great chemistry and stuff. A casting director decided who the lead was, who the support like not, like mm, decided director. Yeah, casting director alongside of the director and stuff. But it's like, but often the casting director puts together a lot of the pieces. And in certain films, if that director is more hands on, he'll be involved. There's a lot of movies where they even said like, think, the, think about how many casting directors get blowjobs from aspiring starlets. Oh, I'm not saying all casting directors fucking... more like the guy you send to the supermarket when you're the chef. Yeah, but if they put together the cast, right? Like I... the director can come back and be like, "Not them, not them. You chose wrong." Sure, you, you would go back to the store and get another. I one. mean, I see what you're saying. This is like a very critical part of the filmmaking process that doesn't get acknowledged in the in the in the award thing. But but it's such a like. How many producers are better involved with it as well, right? Sure, but I'm just saying, but like, for instance, the person who put the cast together doesn't have an award, but the person who put the wardrobe together does. Oh, yeah. Right? Messed up. <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. Is I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, like, they nec- maybe the wardrobe, maybe the answer is the wardrobe person doesn't get the award. I don't know. But I'm like, but you're like, oh, if the director has the be all and say all, why are you giving awards to special sound editor? Sound editor. And like, yeah, exactly. Editing best film for editing or whatever but you're like yeah well the director told the editor what to do presumably you already give him an award and then like again costume design but not casting director who arguably put the players together on the screen and they're all winning awards like right, right. you know like, i'm telling you the ending of this movie 
is so bizarre. I want you to picture a new hope ending when Han shows up to blast Darth Vader out of the sky. Mm-hmm. Just be like, okay, Luke, you can get it now. Credits. Like, well, is that, is now, that, hold on, hold on. There's, there's yeah, Zeus yeah, looks yeah. out and he's like... Olympus. Zeus tells Hera that while Jason can enjoy his trump, triumph, he is not done with Jason. Period. That's right. He's saying it's we're doing a sequel, and then the movie did not do that well in its first run, and it became like a like a uh, what do you call it? A cult classic. It apparently did nothing. Yeah. In its first run, budget of three million dollars, which seems to be immense considering it was nineteen sixty two dollars, and it did a box office of two point one million dollars. Apparently, like and that's accounting for rentals. Ooh. Like, I mean, I'm guessing like initial rentals or whatever the heck that was in the 80s. Like, I'm sure it's probably done better somehow since then. Yeah. I mean, how did you rent movies in the 60s? You didn't. Didn't rentals only start happening? In, like, I don't know. I don't know how they mean like better. It was good fun. <laughs> anyway, Talos has also been ranked by Empire Magazine as the second best film monster of all time after King Kong. Talos. Talos, Talos cool. is, the, is the brass statue we were talking yeah. about. That's fucking badass. There also was a, an enemy at the end. A whole Conan the Barbarian owes a lot to this movie. The fucking mm-hmm. the, the necromancer at the end who summons up the dudes, his dialogue 100% was, was grafted onto James Earl Jones. Now, James Earl Jones did it better, no <laughs> doubt. But it was like this was the origin of that like weird snake monstery or snake worshipping kind of Eastern villain. It was mm-hmm. taken right out of this movie. That's super cool. Oh, oh no, apparently on the on the special features on the Blu-ray, there's an entire audio commentary by Peter Jackson, which I'm sure must huh. be like, like Peter Jackson. I'm sure must have been just like all over all this. Over this yeah. Like, yeah. The, the opposite of the Affleck commentary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever? Did you read the uh, the the comics, Scott? Because apparently, the five issue comic miniseries, of The what? Kingdom of Hades, continues the story. But when would I have read this? I mean, it came out in 2007. No, absolutely not. I just watched the movie now. Huh. I knew it had skeletons in it beforehand. Well, yeah, the skeleton you... fight was pretty badass, too. You have homework. Yeah. <laughs> Where are we going to put this on the list? Hmm. That's you guys. Yeah, it's tricky. I'm I looking mean... at number 114, where we have the evil dead. Okay. How? Oof. Right? Dancing skeletons. You know, it, as like a pure action movie, it's not like it's going to fucking knock any mo- any movie since 1980 out of the park because everything is slower. Everything's a little more patient. It's just paced for a different generation. But the innovation mm-hmm. might carry it a little higher, right? Like, yeah. Because like, you I mean, can say the same thing technically about Star Wars Empire Strikes Back, and that sits on top. I mean, I could put it further down without too much argument. I mean... I feel like Dragon Slayer at 139 would be the floor. It's definitely better than Dragon Slayer, and those are similar. What about Karate Kid? Where is that? And Karate Kid's at 118, and like you, you, you just describe like hokey, effective fun, which is the Karate Kid. I'm scrolling down a little bit now that I'm looking at at other stuff. There's there's a lot of recency bias there. <clears throat> yeah. Dark it's, Crystal? Well, it's better than Flatliners at 130. Dark Crystal. I would probably put it above the Dark Crystal. I like I enjoyed Dark Crystal when I was younger and I I don't know that it did so well on the rewatch. Like to me then it can I I from what from what you're describing, 
Mm-hmm. I could see it bumped up to underneath Bumblebee. I would put it above Ghostbusters. I can't believe Ghostbusters is ranked 136. I feel embarrassed for ourselves. It was not that funny. Man, that's, we we did bump it down, didn't we? Like, yeah, we those, did. Those <laughs> movies around it are not great either. <laughs> it's below Blue Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> You guys should go watch a few minutes of that. The ceiling for this yeah. is Bumblebee, in my mind, from from what you've described. Yeah. I probably like Bird Box better, even though you guys didn't like it as much. All right. Well, I, I would... Better worse I, than book, my Detective Pikachu. Man, Detective Pikachu, Pikachu was good, but, like, weird. Also too long. Definitely too long. So this one is too short. All right. Well, I would put it fine then. Um, then I won't, I won't fight too hard. We could put it just underneath Bird Box. But like Prometheus, oof, this was probably better than Prometheus. Uh, that's pretty tough. I really wanted to like Prometheus more than I did. I I, I still recommend potentially going back and finding whatever uh... <laughs> whatever can be found in there. Well, no, but I mean, but the the weird director's cut that I saw that apparently took time with stuff that was good and. Uh, right. I still think Bird Box and Prometheus would be flipped. I don't. I don't know. Bird Box Prometheus is... was boosted by not me. Bird Box is just such a dumb premise. <laughs> it's just like it's super, super dumb. <laughs> super, uh, super dumb. It's a better quote than what I have on there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's a. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go and change it. Super, super dumb. Number one twenty three. <laughs> Like everything, everything about Bird Box is done like correctly, but the, the premise is just like what, just dumb. Like, uh, I mean, how much? Where's? Hang on, this is just 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 for me. Where's Quiet Place? I think we put it quite a bit higher. It's also a terrible premise, but they they committed hard and they took it took it seriously. Yeah, there you go. The quote, the quotes there of a quiet place. It is almost. It's at sixty-two, which is still like pretty slow. But the quote is, "It's a great movie if you can get over the fact that these characters made the dumbest decision ever." Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Exactly. That's that. I think that that was the the difference. I think between Bird Box and Quiet Place was that in Bird Box, like the premise was dumb. In Quiet Place, the characters were dumb. The premise <laughs> was fine, right? Like sound based sound based murder aliens, like an alien that like sonically locates. That's fine, and it's real scary, and you just got to be quiet. Then all of the stupidity that the characters like navigate around that premise—that's mm-hmm. dumb. The aliens tracking you by sound—that's fine. The uh, alien slash supernatural whatever creature appears it to you as the biggest fear in your mind and makes you go crazy. Unless you were already crazy, then it makes you an acolyte or whatever. Everything was dumb in Bird. So Bird. elaborate for nothing. Yeah. Everything was dumb in Bird Box. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, Jason the Argonauts would have gone above Bird Box if it had an ending. <laughs> it, it really, Keith, I can't stress this em- enough. It feels like they're cutting to a commercial break. So you get up to go to the, the kitchen and you come back with a beer and like the credits are going. But, like, but, but Zeus did say, I'm not done with him yet. <laughs> it's so funny because so you think... So, like, God of War has done that ending twice, right? God of War 2 ends like that. God of War 2 ends with you riding, like, as Kratos, riding the... Who came before? The Titans. Riding the Titans up Mount Olympus, and, like, Zeus is like, now it begins! And it's, like, credits. And, Which is, and this the current isn't even God that. War, 
Keith, this isn't even that. Like Jason goes on a quest to retake his kingdom and it ends before he even gets back to his kingdom. Well, hold on, hold on. Yeah, he goes to retake his kingdom, but this is the him going after the Golden Fleece and he gets the Golden Fleece at the end and now he's yeah. going home. So, yeah. yeah, you know there's a whole... Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying, but like, but God, God of War has done this two times, and I wonder if it's like nods to Jason and the Argonauts. Because like, it really seems like it's like, my quest is to go kill Zeus. You do all of this, and then as you're going up the hill to Zeus, they're like, credits. And you're like, yeah. but everything I was doing in the game was framed to kill Zeus. Same thing with everything in the, the new game is basically like framed to center around Ragnarok, but then it turns out that the, like, the last boss that you fight is like Balor, and then he's like, now I need to chill until Ragnarok. And you're like, what was this game that I was playing? I was playing <laughs> for like something. And then I fought Balor. Like Balor was the last boss of this game. Like it literally, when you're playing the, the, the new God of War, it literally, I didn't, based on how the story was being framed to me, did not expect the last boss fight to be the last boss fight. Like he's, it, it had all of the trappings of a, like a mid boss yeah, those games are also kind of short. They they you get the in and one, you get out. The new one is quite long. To be yeah. to be fair to the new one, the new one is very long. But I was still like, oh, there's then this is going to trigger Ragnarok, and then there's going to be the big boss fight. And you're like, nope. Call me when he when he goes in against Jesus with the swords flying. That's the one I want to see. God of War. Jesus yeah. isn't really known for kicking ass. You know, yeah. it's a bit of a. Bit of a That's yeah. what I'm saying. Untapped <laughs> potential. <laughs> Kratos is going to show up with whirling blades of doom and Jesus is going to turn the other cheek and it's really not going to work out for him. He's only got two cheeks to turn. And after that, it's karate time. <laughs> Although the, one of the, one of the greatest things that the, the new God of War, well, not new, it's like now like four years older. And I mean, the Ragnarok is supposed to come out this year. So, um, oh, whatever they call it. God of War. What Ragnarok is the, I think the working title. Cause it's, you know, the end of the Norse world, Norse Armageddon mm-hmm. is, they set a world in Norse mythology, right? And that this is you're going through with your kid and all that stuff. And they tease how big of a badass slash shithead Thor is through the entire game. And Thor is the only person anyone has heard of in Norse mythology, unless like you've studied Norse mythology, right? Like you don't know Balor. Freya, Loki. Yeah. Well, Loki's. Are, oh, Odin. no. Also, yeah, they don't really bounce around. But I'm saying, but Thor's still like bigger name recognition. Like, sure. Uh, and you guys haven't read a lot of comic books. <laughs> fair, yeah, that's okay. Fair enough, because I was like, right, there's Thor, all Odin, of all of the mythology comes out of the comics. Yeah, Odin's up there, but yeah, but you still know Thor, right? Like a lot of people know these characters through the Thor comic, and then, but he's not in the game whatsoever until like literally like a post credit scene where uh, Kratos is just like lying in bed, and then there's just like. <laughs> like lightning just like goes and you just see like like thor is just in front of his house and kratos is like and just like gets up and you're like and then it's like credits mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like yeah obviously like even without knowing anything about norris you want to see kratos fight thor all right, all right let's we get we didn't pick a spot for this movie we gotta put it in definitively we, we said below no, bird no. box is that is that where it's going I, can we put it above bird box bird box was so bad this was this was actually fun <laughs> And it's got to go above Prometheus because I'd rather watch this than than Prometheus every it's day. It's a while ago that my like I was like I could see it going under Bumblebee. <laughs> if you believe that's where it goes, <laughs> Scott, have you watched Bumblebee yet? It's on my list. I also don't trust Michael Bay, so it might stay there. Michael Bay was Michael Bay even involved with that one, or did he just produce it? I feel that I did. He made that's... The Rock, didn't he? 
He also made you know, Con Air. Come on, man. He made The Rock in Con Air. He gets a, you got to give him a little credit for something. Yeah, but he also made like five Transformers movies. You don't have to look at those. Did he, did, I am telling was him he to involved watch with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one too? Yeah, both yeah, of them. I, I didn't see either of them. I looked at I looked at the animation for those guys and I was like, nope. To be fair, okay. Bumblebee the film is not directed by Michael Bay. It's directed by Travis Andrew Knight, known prior to making Bumblebee, the Leica Animations Kubo and the Two Strings, which I think is about as far removed from Michael Bay as you can get. Except you can't be like, I don't Bay. like Michael Bay. Michael Bay was on as a producer on this. And nothing I, I can more. say I don't like Transformers movies. Wow. <laughs> right? But that's not true. You do like Transformers, the movie. <laughs> it's the best movie. <laughs> so exactly. So you can't blanket say I don't like Transformers movies. You can say I don't like Transformers movies directed by Michael Bay and still watch Bumblebee and Transformers the movie. Yeah, but I also don't really like John Cena movies. What? You're the only one on here that's watched that stupid movie about the bull. It's true. I watched Ferdinand. I also watched the Fireman one. <laughs> I have watched a bunch of John Cena movies. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I believe... Right, we're, we're way over an hour now. This is a screenwriter. What else is sure? Oh, did you like the Birds of Prey? Oh, no, you haven't watched Birds of, Birds of, Prey, yet. Birds of Prey yet, right? What, the new one? The Harley Quinn, yeah. No. Yeah, I've seen Harley Quinn, not not the John Cena one yet. That's not out yet. No, the Birds of Prey 2020. The uh, Emancipation of Harley Quinn. Yes, I've seen that. Yes, exactly. So anyway, it shares uh, Christina Hodson wrote that movie, who also wrote Bumblebee. This has been the 9500 Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you could get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. <laughs> 9to5.cc. Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.